You're listening to Curated Consciously, your all-in-one platform for navigating and nurturing your conscious living journey. Why? Because diving into environmental justice comes with heartache and a lot of damn work. We gotta do it, but as a community, we can make the load a little lighter. Every week, we're bringing you stories, insight, and wisdom from a diverse community of leaders, activists, and influencers helping you live a more holistic lifestyle that connects your health, wellness, and love from Mama Earth. This podcast is sponsored by Cause Artists, the world's number one platform for social impact and innovation stories around the world. If you're looking to get inspired, hit us up at causeartists.com. And of course, I'm your host, Jasmine Rain, curator-in-chief at Curated Consciously and social entrepreneur. You can connect with me and our community on Instagram at Curated Consciously. Now roll your shoulders back, get comfy, put the coffee on. It is time to deep dive into some thought-evoking conversation, curated consciously. Here we are, the first official episode of the Curated Consciously podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I wish you could see me as I'm moving my arms around so much. I'm such a hand talker. I was hoping to turn this podcast into also a a video podcast, but I have such shitty internet connection here in Chandigarh, Um, but maybe in the future, uh, because honestly, this podcast is really to build and hold space for conversation around the topics that are hard and uncomfortable, diving into social and environmental justice, because we all want to do better. We want to do better individually. We want to do the work, and we want to make sure that we are a role model in our communities, in our diverse communities. You know, help us realign our chakras a little bit and dive deeper into things that make us feel whole. Uh, and also to build resilience and strength. And, and that's why I'm so excited to introduce today's guest, um, who will also be a frequent returner to the podcast, and that is Kelsey White. Kelsey is a very, very dear friend of mine. Um, often referred to as my platonic life partner. We have been on this incredible travel and work journey in India for the past two years, from meeting well-running experiential learning programs here in India to building Hada House, uh, my zero-waste guest house, India's zero-waste guest house. Um, And uh, Kelsey has just been such a pillar in the growth of the project. And that's why it was so devastating and exciting, of course, Uh, when they decided to head home to continue working on their family project, Hidden Springs Retreat, which I will have Kels talk more on in the future. But just a quick overview, Kelsey is just such an incredible facilitator uh, who has been raised on the values of local living with such a beautiful awareness of global impact. Their background in educational leadership includes working with all ages as an experiential learning facilitator, including at How to World, and their knowledge and wisdom and expertise and the self-work, damn, the self-work that Kelsey has done is just incredible and brings so much to dive into when having chats. And, you know, Kelsey does chat a little bit about, you know, in one of our episodes, how we used to meet up at the top of the staircase in Hada House for chai breaks whenever we were having really long work days. And we would 
we would get there, we would have 10 minutes to just dive into something really, really deep and, and come up with these solutions and tangible things that we could do to move forward and then, you know, go and go back to our work and take action. And it was just such an incredible personal and professional growth period for both of us just to hold each other accountable and hold space um, for all the things that were troubling us and challenging us and that we wanted to work through. So in today's episode, Kelsey and I are going to be diving into identity and pronouns and, you know, not just surface level, really diving into it. We're going to be talking about our personal experiences in navigating our identity, especially in, in, in multiple contexts from living in Canada to traveling to living in India, talking about, you know, even my identity as a mixed race individual, a mixed race woman who's struggled her whole life with trying to figure out how the hell I'm supposed to fit in. And Kelsey, you know, just totally took me through a, a journey going into the history of the patriarchy and the connection to the Catholic Church and how that has manifested this, this uncomfortable place for people to just be. So I really hope you put the coffee on. <laughs> the coffee. I, don't put the coffee on. Put the coffee on or the tea, whatever you need. Because this episode is deep and I'm really excited to present it as the first episode because I think it's really going to set a tone for what to expect from Curated Consciously. And that being said, don't expect every episode to be so crazy intense and like, whoa, Jasmine, I can't handle all of this. Sometimes they'll be fun and light. But let's dive in today. And again, join us over on the Conscious Badasses Facebook page. Uh, link in the show notes, of course, to continue the conversation after the show. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Kelsey, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're talking about identity and pronouns. A mm. um, little backstory into how this came up in um, conversation between Jazz and I. Um, I had asked her to be a, a reference for my program that I will be attending this August. And there have been a couple times in my life that when filling out forms that they ask me what my pronouns are, I'll say they, them, or if they ask me my gender, I'll check other. Um, and it's not something that I've spent, I, I had spent much time thinking about. And the incredible thing that happened was that Jazz had forwarded me the message that the program had sent her um, to be a reference for me. And in that email, they had referred to me as they, them. And I'm sitting there reading this email and it's the first time in my life that someone has used these pronouns for me and specifically because I asked. And I felt immediately comfortable and I'm almost 30. Like I, my mind kind of exploded in this moment because I pride myself on knowing who I am. I've just, I just realized that I said that twice in um, two of these podcasts, but the thing about me, if we're going to spend this time together, dear audience, the thing about me is that I do a lot of really intentional inner work. My mind is, sometimes I get scared about the thought that I have to live with myself for my whole life, but it's fine. Um, but I was, here I was as a 30 year old, essentially, and 
feeling so at ease and comfortable with these pronouns that no one had ever used for me before. And um, I knew in that moment that it was something that I needed to um, embrace a lot more than I have been. And um, it's, I, I will say that um, it's pretty fresh for me and it's something that I, I am allowing myself to work through very intuitively. Um, and it's a struggle because we know that we are, we are built in this world that likes to put us into boxes and, um, these, these boxes <laughs> don't fit us and we don't fit them. And yet we're expected to be inside them. Um, and so finding, finding my way through all of this intuitively is quite a slow process. Um, but I then, since Jazz was the recipient of that email, I called her up and I was like, hey, did you notice this thing? <laughs> and, and Jazz had it and we'd never talked about it before. And it's not something that I'd even noticed before. Um, and so I kind of brought her into uh, my experience of that, which is why we are speaking about it here today. Yes, and I'm so, so grateful that you're open to, you know, having this conversation um, because, you know, I felt as a friend um, and as someone who also prides themselves on doing the work, um, I felt immediately um, kind of like upset with myself that I'm like, how did I not notice this before? And how have we never had this conversation before? So I immediately was like, okay, I want to create a safe space. Let's talk, let's dive deeper into this. And I believe one of the, the questions I asked you was like, you know, when did you identify that this is your preferred pronoun? And I'd love if you were able to, you know, you don't have to go into all the intimate details, but like, you know, when, when did you identify that this was your preferred pronoun, that you felt the most comfortable um, as they, them? And, you know, have you been able to kind of open that conversation with more people in your community since? There are a lot of aspects of me that, um, that I consider pretty um, fluid or non-binary. And um, they're, and they've kind of uh, always existed within my identity because I, I am strong. And I like being strong, and that's a huge part of me. Um, and I, um, I, there it's 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 an amazing thing what happens to a tom girl <laughs> before puberty. I was able to be a tom girl who likes sports and like being strong, and I was able to do dance. I was able to do both of those things and nobody thought twice about it. And there's, there's something that shifts um, when we, you know, when we get too old, we're not really allowed to be Tom girls anymore. Um, and so I, I, I mean, it's amazing because I was working away at the farm at here 
um, just a couple of months ago. And I was working with someone who's known me my whole life. So has known me as this kind of like spunky, rambunctious. Uh, my, my uncle's word nickname for me when I was little was macho. And so this person has known me my whole life. And like, uh, that's part of my identity that's always in there. And um, they were helping me chainsaw a bunch of trees that we cut down on our property. And I had, I got stuck and I needed his help with something. And he's, you know, a 50 year old man, but again, someone who is in our sphere, someone who I trust. And um, he, I, I just, I needed his help for this one thing because it, my chainsaw got stuck and, um, and so he came over and he helped me un, unstuck the chainsaw and he was like, oh yeah, well, I guess, you know, there's this and there's this and well, you have to be strong to be able to do this. I'm like, kind of stopped him there. I was like, oh, and he was like, well, like, I guess that you are pretty strong for a girl. And Jasmine... I was offended to the core of my being. And I don't think I have been, I, I've, I, like, we live, in, we live in India. I cut my hair off last year. I can walk around the streets with a, a button down collared shirt over top of my t-shirt and get called sir by every uncle in the street and it not bother me. And just be like, yeah, like this is, this is your understanding of the way that I'm walking through your world. I just like it. And you're taking it as a masculine identifier. That's fine. Um, but this man who's supposed to know me, who's supposed to have been part of my community sphere, was able to say that to me? I, I mean, I'm almost in tears talking about it again. So maybe you should take the mic yeah, over yeah. for a little Thank bit. you. Thank you for sharing that. I know, um, I know that was a, a hard, um, uh, a hard situation for you to, to, to tackle when, and when we spoke about it, I think we were both in tears because, um, you know, we, unfortunately, I feel like no matter how you identify every, you know, if you were, you know, if you're, you were born in the sex of a, of a male or the sex of a female, you have experienced something very, someone has probably said something very stereotypical to you that just completely shatters your identity and how you view yourself. And it, it, it can be something massive, it can be something small, and it doesn't matter because, because if it challenges the way that you want to be represented and the way that you feel about yourself and how you've built up your identity, you are allowed to be angry. Uh, you are allowed to be upset. You are allowed to feel in that moment. And you know something that I've always struggled with is that when I feel challenged by you know something someone has said so you know to give a, a quick example you know something that's always really bothered me as someone who has struggled with her racial identity uh, her entire life um you know have, have constantly been challenged 
uh, when people, you know, when I say that I do identify as a black woman, um, I identify as a mixed race woman, I also can identify as a white woman. And, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of, you know, even at a young age, um, you know, friends being like, you have to choose a side or, you know, uh, people being like, you can't choose who you want to identify in certain situations. And I was like, that's actually not fair because I'm not choosing to be a certain part of myself, but I'm choosing to represent a part of myself in that moment to bring clarity to what I want to discuss. Um, so for example, you know, in talking about the recent, um, you know, Black Lives Matters protests, you know, I am allowed to, to speak on the, the issue as someone who identifies as a, as a black woman, someone who identifies as a mixed race woman, and someone who identifies as a white woman, because I believe that my perspective is unique. However, I've also felt like my perspective is invalid um, and, you know, have been kind of, uh, and, and have been told that in weird situations. And I definitely don't want to run down that rabbit hole because it'll probably end in tears and needing a hug. Um, but you know, one of one of my challenges has always been um, when when I am um, when someone does challenge me in that situation, like they are telling me, like you know, whether it's saying something like you are you're pretty strong for a girl or like you're pretty white for a black person, you know, like those are still aligned with each other in the fact that it is challenging the way that we have built our identity, and it is not okay for someone to come in and say something so offensive um, but unfortunately I've never been a person that knows how to address that situation properly um, I'm very emotional and I find that then I am labeled as this emotional female as soon as I try to challenge a situation because I don't I can never find the right words and you know I'm curious Kels um, in that situation when you reflect back on it now, you know, what are some things that you're glad that you said or that you did to, to address the situation with that individual? Um, or, you know, and, or are there certain things that you reflected on now that you wish you said or did to um, address the situation at that time? Yeah, so I ended up giving an uncomfortable laugh. Um, one, because we were in the middle of working and two, because I knew, I knew that if I did anything else, I, I, it would have been, a, a, as you described, I wouldn't have been able to handle it within my own self. And so it was a form of protection. And we, and we know, we know all too well living in our bodies that there are ways in which we just need to protect ourselves in some interactions when we are walking down the street. Um, and some of us experience that in a, a lot more often and a lot more terrifying ways than others of us. I was able to get out of that situation with a little chuckle and a turn aside. Um, and what you've just described in your, in your experience um, it's, it's not that easy and it's not that simple. And if you're going to take something on and be fiery about it and get labeled as the angry black woman in quotation marks, 
um, then then you're being dismissed out of hand. That feeling of being invalid is by design. And so I think it's under I think it's important to understand what that design is for the rest of us to figure out how we move forward and how we change that design moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Okay. So now you're going to, everybody's going to experience Kelsey going like full nerdy historian here for a second. Let's do it. it. I'm so ready. (laughs) We are so ready because the patriarchy is something that we understand today as this like abstract idea. And I want everyone who is watching this and listening to this to understand that the patriarchy is in no way abstract. The patriarchy was established by the Catholic church as a system of priests, male priests. And so we're, we're looking at Europe um, with the Pope in Rome being at the height of its power. So if you think about the feudism structure of, of knights and kings and lords being in charge of their own little section of land, that is how outdated the patriarchy is. Now take that understanding of patriarchy and bring it forward to the understanding of patriarchy that we have today. and and understand that that is by design. So if we're looking at, um, unfortunately I can really only speak directly about um, like Christian and Western culture, um, but there's ways that it affects us uh, living in Canada and living in India uh, through colonialism. So we're gonna get all the way through to colonialism. Um, (laughs) So bear with me for, a few more minutes. Um, the Catholic Church has um, the patriarchy in place, all of these different priests um, in their papal ship. And they have their system of monks throughout Europe who their only job, again, they're only men, and their only job is to translate the scriptures from Hebrew into Italian, into French, into English. And um, so now understand that these the things, we know things get lost in translation and that all of these translations are coming through the minds of men. And that these men are under orders from Rome to keep the structure of the Catholic Church to control Europe. And so that is a direct influence of politics into the way that the Bible was translated into the modern day English, like English and French and German of the time. Um, and, and so what I received in my hands as a child growing up in a Christian setting was that uh, hundreds and hundreds of years of men and rulers and kings and popes saying, this is what God has said through me to you. And and so it is this 
this is the thing that is used so often in identity to say that you are invalid. Michelangelo and and all of those beautiful Renaissance artists that we love of the time, we know that they're the ones that made Jesus white, right? And so if your main prophet is working for your politics, then you have all of these people who can't read for the majority of of this history that we're talking about. The only people who are allowed to read the scriptures are these priests appointed within the patriarchy. And they get together on Sunday with their little group of people and they say, this is what is said inside this book. Um, and that there's so much it mis in misinterpretation from that. And um, if I were to go to seminary school, it would very, uh, very clearly only be to uh, learn Hebrew and be able to translate things without <laughs> those, those centuries of oppression attached to it. I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful um, kind of window into what we see there. And so we we know what are the things that we know kind of in general about the modern day Christian church. We know that they're against abortion. We know that there are still a lot of teachers, uh, still a lot of churches, excuse me, who are against gay marriage. And we know that God in the Christian setting is male. And despite there being direct translations from Hebrew that describe God as being femme and maternal and motherly and all of these other characteristics that we, we would describe as female. And, and despite the fact that there are scriptures that say the essence of God is beyond the understanding of humans, centuries worth of politics and religion and colonialism have said God is male. And this is what male means. This is who's in charge. We're going to be paying attention to kings. We're going to be pay attention to priests and monks. And, and so this femme identity is is brought down by design. And never mind the fact that at the same time as when slavery was at its height. And so Rome is also saying there's, okay, this is maybe like trigger warning. This is stressful. There was a decree during the height of this time sent out by the Roman Catholic Church in in the Vatican by the Pope that said, these slaves, these humans with dark skin that come from this different area of the world are less than Europeans. And that was a decree given by the highest, most powerful 
disciple of God at the time. And so not be unwoven from this heritage. This is something that we, we know that during colonialism, the Catholic Church used education and ministry um, as a form of cultural genocide. Um, and we know that children have been stolen from their homes. We know that entire tribes have been wiped out. And we know that the British in India took advantage of the caste system and said, oh, you're doing a caste system. Let's like amp that up a few hundred notches and make it something that has a, a different form of societal measure. Um, and, and so if we are able to understand that our feelings as, as an identity are made by design to be invalid, then I find that incredibly empowering to say, oh, this was created by humans. This can be undone by humans. And even like, I, so if I, if I open that door, if I allow myself to be that um, hopeful, then, then what is it that I want to ask for? I don't want to ask for the future is female. I want to ask for the future is equal. And so if the future is equal, if the future is equal, then why don't we start from a place of they, them and people having to say, oh, actually, uh, yeah, thanks for that. If, if, if that's neutral, um, I, I'm going to stipulate that I want she, her, or I'm going to stipulate that I want he, him. It's, it's like, I don't, I, that's, that's kind of where I see um, us going. And I mean, it's harder in India because Hindi is a lot, has a lot to do with gender. Um, but I think that if the future is equal, and the future is also neutral until otherwise stated. And, you know, I have friends that will joke around about, um, oh, you came out as gay. Well, I have to come out as straight. Like, um, it being this whole, there's this whole world around coming out that's like, also, none of my business. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would, I would also say to you, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, is that the, the other whole side of, that, of this that we haven't discussed is, um, or that you actually did discuss a bit with um, identifying as black, as identifying as mixed, as identifying as white, is that idea of passing. And um, that's the thing that our society struggles with so much, because if you look femme, then you, you should be femme or if you look masculine then you should be masculine and so this idea of passing or this idea of like there's one kind of lesbian or there's one kind of gay man when we're what we're looking at is this spectrum damn kelsey like there are so many golden nuggets to what you just said and like thank you for going into that 
However, what I would, I just wanted to kind of bring a high level, you know, what I'm hearing from you that I just to kind of break down what you just said is that identity in the way that we perceive it in society and the stereotypes associated with it are, are very much a product of religion and the patriarchy that exists within religion um, and how religion has shaped society. There is a similar note from an explorer that traveled like extensively across the, the continent of Africa, which basically his note back to his community was like, in order for us to, to, to overtake, you know, the African continent, or uh, we, we really need to um, break down their, their pride and their, their commitment to their culture and their spirituality in order to actually make an impact. And and right there in that, and, and just those small little memos being sent back to Europe, we're instantly seeing the fact that very, very early on, it was evident that they knew that by, by implementing structures that, that, you know, pleased to a, you know, a patriarchal type of society and, and brought in a religion that broke down identity of individuals who were of diverse minorities, that was a way to kind of conquer and rule and divide. You know, a great book uh, I love that really dives into this is Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, where he dives into it, a brief history of mankind. He dives into humans are really the only species in the world that has, you know, been able to 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 cultivate community through mythology and. Uh, which, which in, in, his, in his words, well, not directly, but he basically, you know, showcases that religion kind of falls into that category because there is no way for us to prove anything. So, you know, when we dive deeper into talking about, you know, how religion has helped shape, has destroyed the shape of, of humanity and how we identify individually, it's, it almost seems impossible to to have this conversation without you know most of the people in the room being offended it's not my job as the oppressed to also educate the oppressor but unfortunately in in all of these situations whether it's 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 an issue of of racial identity of of, of gender identity it, it is ultimately your choice how you want to address it so and and i think it's really really powerful to to start critically thinking about how all of these elements play a role um, in, in sustainable development because it, it falls into all categories of being a political, a social, an environmental, and an economic issue. When you choose to identify as something that's different, you are instantly um, you know, no longer included in all these conversations and don't no longer have as much access. I, I, I started this rant to, to, to break down what you were saying to make it more accessible and then ended up adding like a shitload more. To break it down a little bit simpler or like in terms that might be easier to understand, I look at the um, expansion of Christianity through the role of colonialization the same way that I look at the monopoly of, let's use Apple for an example, in the world of smart technology. Apple says, if you want to have our phone, you have to have our cord. And if you have our phone and you want to access your stuff on your computer, then it's easier if you have 
your computer, but you definitely need an iTunes account. Or And if you have an iTunes account, that's where you're going to get your music. And that's where you're going to get your movies. And that's where you're going to get your podcasts. And if you use an Apple computer, these are the services that you're going to be using. So you get what I'm saying, right? Like, like the monopoly gets to dictate your behavior. And so it's the exact same thing with the, the Western societal structure than it is today. If, if the Catholic church and the expansion of Christianity through colonialism is that monopoly of religion, we know that there, we know that we've lost a number of religions because of that. And we also know that religion is something that helps people find their identity in a lot of cases. And so and so instead of trying to paint like bad guy, good guy, whatever, think about it like I am behaving the way that I'm behaving because I have an Apple phone. And so I need these, the wireless headphones are a great example for that. Now you have wireless headphones that only work with your Apple technology and you can't plug those headphones into any other headphone socket that's kind of an easier way to break it down and it's also something that makes it less like terrible things terrible horrible things have been done in the name of god whether it's the catholic church or islam or hinduism or like we are all guilty for that fanaticism and it's something to do with human psyche I don't want to get into that. But what I do want to get into is that it's it's less of a, oh, here's the bad thing. And it, it's more of a, this is the phone that I'm using. And what if I want to change that design moving forward? What if I want to have a, a way to connect my charger through to my friend's charger and I just need like a little adapter because we are all working through this beautiful spectrum of identity and we should be able to intuitively find our way through that without this shadow without this burden of feeling invalid because of our identity Great way to break it down at the end. Thank you, Kels. That's a great analogy, actually. I feel like consumerism <laughs> is also always a great way to tie back to a lot of these topics because they are a product of what has happened to our society. So it's so easy to tie all of this in and see how interconnected it all is. So we have definitely gone over time and I want to respect your time because, uh, and also your space, because this is a lot to dive into in the course of an hour. Um, but thank you so, so much for bringing your expertise to the platform and letting us dive into this deeply with you and breaking it down in an accessible way so that our listeners can take this and kind of start their individual journey. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for the beginning of this conversation. Jasmine and I will return to dive into the other aspects and we are so grateful for you to join us on this journey inhale the goodness exhale the bullshit
Thank you for listening. And thank you for doing the work. Be sure to jump over to curatedconsciously.co for more stories, tips, and inspiration for nurturing your conscious living journey. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at curatedconsciously. Huge shout out to my incredible husband, Profound Sound, for the original dope tracks. Hope you all enjoyed, are feeling a little lighter, and are going into a beautiful and blessed day.